In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Saint Nikolai, the recent Serbian saint, who died in the 1950s and has now been canonised by the Serbian Orthodox Church, who they call the Serbian Chrysostom, like Saint Tikhon of Zadonsk in Russia is called the Russian Chrysostom. And why are they given these names? Because of their zeal to teach people God's commandments and to teach them how they are to receive salvation. So like St. Tikhon and Zadonsk where he wrote much to enlighten the people, everyday people, not for monastics, for everyday people living in the world, St. John Chrysostom, his sermons were focused on people living in the world and St. Nikolai as well, his sermons and writings were for people living in the world. So, what did St. Nikolai say? St. Nikolai said, ignorance kills souls. What does he mean by that? Why is he speaking so harshly? A lot of people judge priests and the church even and say that God is love. And because of that, that everything should be said in this soft way always looking at what could offend someone and being careful. But this belief is actually demonic. See, today, one of the demons, oh, he's got a lot of, they have a lot of messages, but one of them is this thing about love. And they have distorted the true meaning of love. Today, even if someone gives a little smack to their child, that's not love and they should be punished. Today, it's cruel. If someone is dying and is in pain, we should put them out of their misery, similar to the way vets put animals out of their misery. Today, if a woman can't bear the child, well, that's simple, that's cruel and unloving to make her suffer, therefore, they should be given the option, as they have, to abort. Everything that is godly, the world is against. So, why is dying with a lot of suffering slowly from God? Because the saints say, pray not to die abruptly, but pray that God give you some type of sickness to prepare you, myself, for the next life. Now, some of you might say, but there are some saints who died abruptly, like Saint Athanasius of Manathos, of the monastery of the, of the um, Great Lavra. He was walking with some other people, inspecting some buildings that they were building, or the church, I think, and the wall collapsed and he died instantly. So does that mean that God did not listen to his prayer whereby he asked for repentance? The difference is 
that St. Athanasius was continually repenting. And therefore he did not die suddenly without repentance. A lot of people today do die suddenly without repentance. And that's why the church fathers teach the people like St. Tychon of Zabdonsk and St. Nikolai, St. John Chrysostom, they all say the same thing. Ask God to give us time for repentance. And one of the best ways for that is sickness. And that's why, for sure, 100%, the message of today of those people who are more and more believing in euthanasia is satanic. They are not allowing the person to have an opportunity to suffer, to be cleansed of their sins and to die in a Christian way. And also, with the same stroke, they are not allowing people who will take care of the sick person to receive their reward and to receive their own forgiveness of sins. Because when we take care of someone who's sick, when we show mercy, then God will show us mercy. So that whole thing of euthanasia, etc., eliminates the person being prepared and those around him or her to have the opportunity to receive God's grace through their acts of mercy and taking care of them. Married couples, today, what is, the slow, what is the message, the demonic message, which is, if the marriage doesn't work, you just dissolve it. What's missing there? What does God want? God says, who, what, who, um, whatever God has joined must never be torn apart. God has joined the man and the woman together, they must not separate. That's God's commandment. And to do that, the husband and the wife have to exercise patience. The word patience today is only used, for example, if you're in a supermarket and you're in a line and the, and the cashier is a bit slow or the machine breaks down, we say we have to be patient or patient if someone comes in front of you in the car. So people are against road rage. Because they say, oh, that's not right. Have to be For those things, they teach patience. But where do we hear patience for married couples to stay together? For people that are dying, people that are sick? Women who have to uh, bear their pregnancies for nine months and have children and, and later on give birth and the difficulty of it? taking care of children, there that word is unknown because today the war cry of the demons are have a good time, don't exert yourself, don't um, sacrifice for anyone and be selfish. So from that we can see whatever is holy, whatever is of God, the devil and those who he, who he inspires are against. The saints are the opposite. They teach patience, love. What did we hear today in the epistles? 
Love is uh, patient, love is not pretentious, love does not quarrel, love does not demand its way, etc. Love is not selfish. But they speak about love. Love for the children. But yet, in the schools today, they are polluting the children in every single way that is Opposite to what God wants. And yet, people seem to have no problem. Send their children to school knowing that they're learning about so many things that are against God's commandments. And when you send little children that are five or six years old, they don't have the discernment to be able to understand what they're being told. And people say, oh, but when they come home, we tell them. But a lot of times the children won't tell you what they learn at school. So therefore... You don't know. So meanwhile, while people are leading selfish lives, people today work for a second car, for a big house, for holidays, for nice clothes, for entertainment, for investment properties, etc. All that is why people work these jobs. But yet, the biggest investment, their children, is left to the side. Everyone's after the big, the big um, investment returns. So we've invested in something to make a lot of money. But how about the children? How about the marriage? How about taking care of a sick parent or a sick spouse? See, in the name of love, they've got all these nursing homes. And some of them, of course, are good because some people have no one. But then what happens to those who do have people? Oh, it's out of love because they get better care. They get better care. Well, we should speak to the people that are in those places and see how depressed they are and how unhappy they are and how wounded they are and how much they can't stand it. So ignorance, St Nicholas says, is can, can bring someone in what's called spiritual death. He calls it spiritual death. Why? Because with ignorance, just like if we're ignorant of the road rules and we're driving a car and we don't understand what signs mean, we could actually drive off a cliff. That ignorance can cause an accident and death. Well, there's ignorance in a lot of things. There's also ignorance with financial matters that people don't know. For example, that their credit cards can be... Uh, people can steal their information and get their money, whatever, on the telebanks now, what do you call those things, those uh, machines in the street. Millions and millions of dollars of, uh, are being stolen from people. That's ignorance. People don't know. Some people don't know, some people do. People that know, they protect their money. People that don't know, lose their money. The same in spiritual life. Wise have to be different. And what's more important, if someone takes a bit of money from our credit card or spiritual catastrophe, whereby we can lose our souls. And that's why St. Nicolai and all the saints teach that the priests must continually preach to the people what is right. But what happens if some priests don't do that? What happens if 
you go to a parish where the priest might not have a gift of speaking. He doesn't, he doesn't, doesn't do much of a sermon. But we have, we have been blessed and have, because of the printing press, the printing press has been a cause of good things and bad things. Bad things is they produce bad books. Good things, they produce spiritual books abundantly now. There's so many books. There's bookshops. Internet has bad things, but internet can have some good things. Uh, which is some, you can get some spiritual information from there. Even though I think the books are safer. The priests who do not preach the truth, if they are doing it out of slackness, or they don't want to become unpopular, will give word to God. But that won't be an entire excuse for people. Because God will say, but I made it, I made it, I made available so many books. I made the, the, the gospel, the Bible, is the most printed book in the world. More copies of the Bible have been printed than any other book and in so many languages. So God has given us the, the gospel, which, the, the Bible, which in years ago, before the printing press, was very hard and only the rich could get copies of them because they had to be handwritten and you pay a lot of money to get that. But that does not exist anymore. Everyone can get one, even for a dollar, 50 cents. Not only that, they're sometimes given away for free. And we also have spiritual books. We have the writings of St. Tikon, we have the prologue of St. Nikolai, we have some writings of St. John Chrysostom, and so many saints, we have their writings, we have the uh, books of the elders, some from a couple of hundred years ago, some that have lived in even in our own times. There are so many books, and in those books, we are taught what God wants from us. So therefore, don't take the chance and think that if we die and we stand in front of Christ on the last day and say to when he asks us, why didn't you lead a, the life that I commanded? Why didn't you do the commandments? Oh, because the priest didn't teach us. We can't say that fully. There will be some excuse, perhaps, a little bit, but not when there are available so many other things. It's impossible for us to escape on the last day divine punishment from God by thinking that we can use the excuse, oh, but the priest didn't teach us, the bishop didn't teach us. So, what am I saying? Or better still, what are the saints saying? St. John Christum says, he or she who does not read, does not do spiritual reading, lives of saints, etc., cannot be saved. Now, some might say, is that love? What a horrible person. And how can we talk about those things? We should never talk about salvation because if we talk about salvation, then we have to talk about damnation of hell. Or some people can actually distort that and say, let's only talk about salvation, everyone will be saved, and let's never talk about the fact that there also exists another place. 
Origen, who did write some very good things in the ancient church, unfortunately he fell into heresy. And he was, uh, was anathematized by the, by the fifth or sixth ecumenical council, can't remember. He said um, that because God is full of love, there is no way that he could tolerate anyone going to hell. And as a result of that, because of his love, everyone will be saved. And he added, even the devil at the end will be saved, even though he doesn't want to be saved, but he still will be saved. That was condemned by, the, by an ecumenical council. That means a universal council. Every single orthodox church in the world condemned that as a heresy. And yet, that heresy is today victorious in the church. A heresy which has been condemned, a person who's been anathematized because of that heresy, cut off from the church. The Holy Fathers in the Ecumenical Council said in that one, anyone who believes in that are also anathema. Now, anathema in, is a, uh, it means to be cut off from God, to be cut off from the church. So, what do I mean that today that heresy is ripe? I, some people might say, I thought only ecumenism is, is in the church today. Well, ecumenism is another bag of um, rotten things. That's also destructive. Heresy cuts us off from God. But this one is more subtle. And today, I have to say that due to books and videos and DVDs and other things, people are more and more becoming aware of ecumenism. Maybe back in the 60s and 70s, there were some books that were, some people might have seen. But today, because of the internet, people know all about it. A lot of people know about it, those who are churchgoers, know about it, have seen a lot about it, and are against it. The poor ecumenists are saying, they're crying there, and they're saying... Woe to us that this internet had to come into existence or these, so many books are available now and technology because we cannot do what we wanted to do. It was easier before because people were ignorant or people were innocently ignorant. Not purposely, but some people didn't care, whatever. But today... Within a second, people can find that information. People are finding out more and more. People are becoming aware. And therefore, the poor, dopey, lost, possessed ecumenists are crying away there because they can't do their union with their precious Pope. Even if they try to do it, the majority of people will not accept it. So that's one. But even worse than that, I would say, because that's, that, that one's obvious, when you see an Orthodox bishop praying with her heretics, it just doesn't go well. It doesn't mix well. It just doesn't make one feel good. Something's not right. However, the other one... The other one's dangerous because it's so subtle. 
It's not as obvious. And not much is said about it. And what's that? The satanic message that don't worry about struggling. Don't worry because everyone will be saved. There's no worry. Now, when we read the, li- the, the life of elders, when we read the, the, the Bible, Christ himself, he spoke about this as an urgency. Watch out, be careful, we don't know the time. He spoke about heaven, he spoke about hell. The elders speak about that. The saints speak about that. About this urgency that everyone has to be struggling for their salvation. That it's a real struggle. That it is difficult but with God all things are possible. Etc. But today in the churches that message is not being heard much. You might hear the word salvation, maybe repentance here and there, but to say it as an urgency, to say it as it is the most important thing in this world, we don't hear. Because why? It's uncomfortable. The priest who speaks, who says those things, will have people go against him. Because then they say, ah, well, if you're saying that one has to be doing the commandments, if you're saying that one has to repent, if you're saying that one has to confess and commune so as to be ready and be saved, well, my father didn't do that, or my mother didn't do that, or my brother or my sister or whoever, they didn't do any of that. They just died. They, weren't, they didn't go to church. They were awful, but they didn't go to church. Does that mean they're going to go to hell? And then they get upset. So it takes boldness and it takes spiritual strength for a priest today to be able to do that in a parish. A priest who does that will be hated. A priest who does that will not be popular. A priest who does that will be slandered. A priest who does that will be persecuted, even by their own bishop at times. That can happen as well. We know that. Look at St. Nectarius, that we just did five talks of around 20 hours. From start to finish, he was persecuted by even, even clergy. Why? Because why? Some might say, oh, because he was a good person, whatever. No, good people... There are a lot of good people. Some of those actors, they go around and help people in Africa. They're nice people, supposedly. They do their their good deeds so the whole world can see them. We're talking about those good people, in inverted commas. St. Nectarius was persecuted because of one thing. Because he preached orthodoxy. Because he was trying to bring people to the church. And all the saints, every single one of them who were persecuted, either by people or by demons, etc., all of them were preaching the same thing, that Christ is God and that only with repentance one can be saved. The saints have said it clearly. Even Saint um, Joseph the Hesychist, I think has been canonized, I read, without repentance, there is no salvation. They say it clearly. 
What does that mean? It means that all of us, myself and you people and those who hear the talk, it means that we have to cultivate, we have to struggle continually every day to have a sense of repentance. That's the main thing. Not to do big fasts, not to do great deeds and things like that. The main thing is to have in our hearts a sense of repentance, of sinfulness that draws down grace. You see, the Pharisee, he did everything. He says he fasted, he gave um, his one-tenth, whatever the Jews used to do in those days, and Christ said he was not justified because he was full of vainglory. He did not have a sense of of his sins, of his sinfulness. He had not one ounce of repentance. But the other person, the publican who came along, was sinful. Didn't do these big fasts like the um, like the other one did. Didn't do the commandments properly. However, he did have a sense of his sinfulness. And he went into the temple, beat in his chest and said, God be merciful to me, a sinner. And the thief on the cross, the same thing. What did he do? God be merciful to me, a sinner. The saints, all of them, these great miracle workers, these great giants of spirituality, all of them had that same thing, continually saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Even Saint Seraphim of Sarov, one of the greatest saints in the Russian church, he would continually call himself a sinner. Now, some of you might say, I call myself a sinner too. It's different to call yourself a sinner with your mouth, and it's different to call yourself a sinner from within. From within means that you really feel your sins. The more we come close to God, the more we feel our sins. How do we know that we have the grace of God? When we feel pain for our sins. A contrite and humble heart, God will not despise. It is written in Psalm 50. That's all that God wants. A contrite and humble heart. He or she who has a contrite and humble heart will be saved. As for others who could be righteous to the world, righteous in their own eyes, righteous, whatever, by doing everything. What's the point if we do everything perfect in church, we do everything correctly, commune, even confess, but we don't have in our hearts a contrite and humble heart, then there is no salvation. So, some of you might say, oh, that priest is speaking in a way that's making me hopeless. No hopelessness, no hopelessness. Hopelessness is of the devil. Why is it it not hopeless? Because you all know now that this is important. So from this day on, all of us should have as one of our, as our main aim, asking God every day to give us a sense of our sinfulness. To make us aware, like Saint David said, "Show me, my Lord, show me my secret sins." To see ourselves, to feel repentance, to confess, and commune in that state, then we are assured of salvation. Self-righteousness, vainglory, pride will not give us 
the kingdom of heaven. So do not be tricked by the world. Do not even be tricked by some clergy who say that we shouldn't speak about those things. We should only speak about love. But yet, Saint Maximus the Confessor says, what's the sign of love? The sign of love, how do we know we love someone? Is when we care for their soul. Today, people say, I love my husband. I love my wife. I love my children. Do you care about their soul? I don't even think about their soul. Then you haven't got love. You've got what's called human love. You've got sick love. You've got dangerous love. Because that love can cause your close ones to lose their soul. A person who has love cares for their own salvation and for the salvation of those around them. As the saints did. As Saint Nectarius did. As Saint Nikolai did. As Saint John Christum did. As Saint Tignov Zadonsk and all those great saints continually enlightening the people and one with one aim to bring them close to Christ in a spirit of repentance. Amen.